0: What's up, everyone? This is another episode of the Triple Option Report Podcast. And today is a weekend recap. And the first and biggest thing that happened over this weekend, of course, was Crawford Spence. Not just boxing fight of the year, but combat sports fight of the year. And it is it's a fight that's been building up for about half a decade at this point. Like, people have been hyping this up. I've been hyping this up and wanting to happen since the late 2010s. So like like I'm very happy and satisfied that it's finally happening. And that that's the thing in boxing that like like fights usually are delayed and stuff like that. You never really get dream fights like that anymore. That didn't happen here. You finally did. And and honestly, my prediction came true. I thought Crawford was he had no flaws. I didn't think he had a flaw. Uh, he's never had really any flaws his entire career. Honestly, and I just thought he just matched up too well against uh Spence. I full, felt very confident that Crawford would would win I thought he'd win comfortably I didn't expect a complete demolition job that he did but that performance and yeah he's number one again power anyway he had it for like a a few days but he said he needed a a virtuoso performance to to, to take that back and Crawford definitely put up a virtuoso performance like that was one of the greatest boxing performances I've, I've ever seen it was an absolutely dominant performance from just the beginning to the end it honestly, it, it kind of mirrored, it reminded me of, of of Fury Wilder too, Like, just, when it comes to boxing, I get people fall in love with, like, the power punching and whatnot, but, again, the technical fighter, if they're both on the evening playing field, always take the technical fighter. Because that's the whole thing about boxing. It's like any combat sport. The strength is, is a technique. And, 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 Crawford just has better technique, and is he has better technique than most other boxers in the world, while also having a very large frame for welterweight, and also having good enough punching power, and a strong enough shin, and he's able to brawl and fight like that, like, like, he's not just, like, a guy who can win off points, he's able to go in the phone booth, and so, like, he doesn't really have a flaw, and he has long reach, 74-inch reach, like I said, he has a reach advantage. He was so like it kind of negated the lack of size, and he's a lot bigger than you expect. So the size differential wasn't that big. Like I just thought going into like he had the upper hand all around, and and it showed. That was an absolute massacre. And I don't I know the rematch clause and everything, but even if they went up to one forty seven, because I I mean one fifty four, because I know that uh that Spence is a big dude for weight, a massive welterweight. So he drains himself, but so does Crawford. Crawford's a very big welterweight, too. So, like, if they went to 154, I don't see a difference. And if Crawford were to go after uh, Boots Ennis and stay in to welterweight and face him, because I think he's, I believe he's his IBF uh, mandatory, he'd beat him, too, honestly. I think Boots Ennis is a generational talent. I think, I think this is a little too early in his career to, to, to match up against at this moment. I, I think this is too early. And I think Crawford would just I think he'd win rather comfortably, honestly. Uh I think he'd win even more comfortably against uh Charlo or, or uh uh Sue. Tim Sue or Jamel Jamel Charlo, he beat them comfortably too, I think. Honestly. If he went to one fifty four. I think he could win all the belts there too. I, I I think this this man's a generational talent. And if he were to do something like this, like I he's the first male to ever win all four, like Undisputed in two different weight classes, right? All four belts in the four belt era, right? So, like light well I mean light, super lightweight welterweight. If you were to go up to to light middleweight, super welterweight, and do that as well for three weight classes in a row, he's honestly top ten all time. Like this is generational what we're seeing out of this man, and it's scary because I don't see anyone beating him. At all, not coming close. This man has no flaw. He's, like I said, he has a long reach. He, he has no flaw. He has a strong shin. He's got power. He's got speed. He's got quickness. His technique and his defense is like top 10 in terms of a uh, lack of punches landed in all of boxing, if I'm correct. Like, he's just on another level. So, yeah, I, I don't see anything changing if he goes to 154. This man's future, he could really end up being. An all-time great. Like, the greatest of our generation. And not and not just like this one. I'm talking about like the century. Even over someone like Mayweather. I'm being serious. He's that good. Now, I, coincidentally, as this amazing fight ended, it ended right at the time as the main event started for the other big thing that happened on Saturday night, UFC 291. Now, in UFC 291, first off the main event, Justin Gagey versus Dustin Poirier, I did not see I mean, I knew, like, these guys are known for, like, throwing bombs. Like, you knew there was going to be an entertaining fight. That was crazy. I did not see that happening. Uh, I KO in the same style that, that happened to Uzman from, from Leon Edwards. Like, the same exact type of, of KO. It's funny because, I, like, if I'm correct, Uzman is uh, a part of the same camp as, as Justin Gaethje. So, and I, they're very close. So, I guess he learned a lot from that fight. But, yeah, crazy KO. Second round, too. Like, that was brutal. Other fights that happened on that card, Alex Pereira. He's death. It's hilarious because it's a kickboxer and is literally just learning, like, grappling and all that, and managed to have good enough takedown defense towards the end and his stamina advantage that he won in a division moving up. Light heavyweight, just like that. This dude's special. I, I, it's, a, it's a funny, kind of funny stroll with Israel Janya. Like his longtime rival from kickboxing years. He goes up and beats the guy that Israel Ajania couldn't beat. Trying to move to light heavyweight. So yeah. That's why it's definitely going to happen eventually in the future. I think. Uh, Rematch. And and Derek Lewis. What can you say? Like first off. I'm happy. Because I'm a fan of Derek Lewis. And and I I, I didn't like seeing him going out like that the last few fights. So seeing him leaner. Much leaner. Way more energized. He didn't seem like he was he was battling entries or anything like that. And immediately she that was crazy. Like this man jumped and did like a if you know I watch wrestling, right? Like Kenny Omega, like the V trigger, like that like a flying knee, knocked the dude down, he immediately KO'd him. In like like the first round. Like that didn't take long at all. Crazy. Like that's what he does though. Like like his KO power is crazy. So uh Tony Ferguson, though, on the other hand, that was not fun to see. I think it might be time for Tony. I, as He's a legend, and I don't like to see a legend like him lose, what, six, seven fights in a row now? This is not. Mm-mm. Like, like this guy was on par with, like, Habib. That's how good he was at his prime. And, and so to see him lose like this again and lose by submission to Bobby Green. Like, I know Bobby Green's had submission wins, but he's mainly known as, like... a Kind of like a striker. So seeing that happen was just not... That wasn't fun to see. Hopefully, they give him, like... He decides, like, maybe it's time to hang it up. And they give him, like, an easy fight. To, to win Awful. That could still, like, make bank for him, too. And then Kevin Holland. Okay, look at that. That was entertaining. And the submission win over Michael Chiesa. Okay. First round, too. But, like, it might be the craziest... KO the whole fight wasn't even on the main guard. Uh Roman Kapalov, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Way he did to Claudio Ribero, that was a brutal KO. That head kick was insane. Like that was was that head kick KO over the year? Yes, in mixed Mark Well, in UFC at least this year, which is saying a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of them, but yeah, highlight reel definitely. Now that was for. Mixed martial arts and combat sports boxing all that on saturday night another thing that i'm always entertained on saturday nights with is pro wrestling and in collision AEW collision on on, on tnt saturday nights at eight o'clock again this is our best episode yet the andrade buddy matthews ladder match was crazy and it was awesome it was so well put together from the beginning to the end this everything about it was great uh Suzuki out of nowhere is wrestling on the show against darby allen another awesome match uh, Steam Puck and Ricky Starks. Please watch that promo. That was amazing. Ricky Starks looked like a main eventer. Like that whole everything. Yeah, and and Bullet Club Gold is awesome. Uh, Samoa Joe Gravity match was hilarious. That was great. Uh, the women's match again. I know people complain about the women's division how it's handled. They did a really good job here. It was a good match, and in the ending, like the post match was good like that's a good start and then just build up from there and like just stay patient and build up from there you never know what could happen that's all I'm gonna say about that like like you don't have to if, if there's like a bump in the road you don't have to like throw, throw away the whole thing and restart again just just keep going and just build up from there and then FTR and, and Adam Cole versus Adam Cole and, and and uh MJF amazing match amazing post-match like yeah, like that MJF, Adam Cole storyline that they're doing, that really could be, like, I know it sounds cliche, and, like, AEW has had arguably a better storyline overall with the entire Hangman and Adam Page saga in general, but to a lot of casuals, and that's cliche too, over the last year or so, this really could be, like, potentially an answer to what the bloodline was for wwe this last year or so like it's drawing really good like they almost single-handedly brought a lot of people to this to this uh episode and it's bringing in ratings too they're constantly bringing in rating b- bumps like like this could really be a special if they do this right this could be an all-timer so yeah overall just a f- fantastic episode now, there is a lot of stuff that happened in sports yes, over this weekend, but I do want to talk about what happened in entertainment too and first off, the big thing, Travis Scott's album Utopia. first off, I thought it was a good album did i it wasn't as good as rodeo to me no i to me rodeo is his his is his, his, like his peak. That album is amazing one of the best albums period of the last decade uh I think. Is it as good as any I'll say this. It's I think it's on par with with uh Astral World. I really do. Like I it I could see why people think that it, it sounds like Jesus though. Like from like a production standpoint and everything. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Uh overall, you know, like I said, it was a good album. I'm not gonna go like full Anthony Fantano, like and like do the whole seven out of ten. I like Anthony Fantano, by the way, but I'm not gonna do that. I'll just say it's a good album. Uh and now in terms of like the sales and success, like we talked about, I talked about with my brother on like the last episode, like about hip hop and the music industry and why this sounds important. It looks like it might do a monster number. Like from what some people are talking about, like some rumors out there right now is that at like his streaming alone is pushing 300k, not even including physical sales. Some people say his physical sales are like 200k. So, some people are saying, like, it could get, like, 500k in the first week, which would be a massive number. And also, by far, by far, the best hip-hop number this, what, decade? At least the last, like, the last couple of years, at least, definitely. Like, if he hits a near 500k or anything like that, anything close to that, that's a big success. And also, that's that's... The, the, the shot in the arm that hip hop probably needs. Maybe it does the hip hop, what I'm about to do next, what I'm about to talk about next, has done to the movie industry. Now, back to the movie industry, Oppenheimer and Barbie. They're continuing the success. Like, this is not just like a one week thing with them. Oppenheimer did what? Uh, 46.2 mil in the second week? I mean, second weekend. Uh, that's humongous success. Uh, overall, worldwide, it's near half a bill already. In terms of, uh, yeah. And, and, and Barbie, Barbie's going to hit a billion. Definitely. Eventually, like, like not now. But, like, it will hit a billion. Definitely. At the rate it's going. It's not slowing down. 93 million this weekend? Second weekend? That's, that's historic second weekend, honestly. In terms of what it did the week before. That's how good it was. Barbie, yeah. In Oppenheimer, wow, like, Oppenheimer itself, honestly, I don't think it hits a billion, but it could really come close. Which, which is, it's a rated R three-hour movie about atomic bombs. Like, that, nearing a billion is crazy. It's already, if I'm correct, it's already, like, what, uh, Nolan's, what, third best? Well, it had a third best opening for any movie ever done. Which is crazy, like, like, it, this is not a movie that's built to be a box office success. And it's, it's, I mean, it is, but, like, not at that level. Like, this is amazing, honestly. And, like, if I'm a correct, I think it's already outsold uh, Batman Begins. Already. Like, that, it had, yeah, it, it, it's bringing up the whole movie industry with it, too, honestly. Like, uh, Talk To Me, it was uh, from A24. If I'm correct, it's the second best opening for an A24 movie, like, ever. Only Hereditary was higher. A, a $10 million box office. It had a $4.5 million budget. It's more than double its budget already Already in the first opening week. It did that. Like, humongous success. Mission Impossible continues to be a success. It's at half a billion already. could it hit a billion? I wouldn't be surprised if it does now that's not the case for everything unfortunately because as good as the rest of movies are doing now and it looks to be in the future thankfully uh one did stand out for being a bit of a well not a bit a a a big disappointment uh haunted mansion 24.2 million domestic debut and only a 33 million dollar worldwide debut with a 150 million dollar budget that is disastrous. And it's not a good movie either, apparently. It only got a 42% of Rotten Tomatoes. Like, it's getting panned. It bombed. I just don't get, like, you can do horror movies. Like, I just, talked To Me was a horror movie. But, like, it's not a Halloween movie. Haunted Mansion seems like more like a Halloween type of horror movie. Like, something you can only release in October. It's <laughs> not something you can release in the middle of summer. In July, and <laughs> that that alone, and then the marketing, like Haunted Mansion, didn't have good marketing either. It wasn't advertised well either. So like this, with the cast it had, they should have done a lot more with it. So yeah, just a disaster, honestly. Speaking of disasters, one more little thing that happened over this weekend that ended was a secret invasion, and like the uh... <laughs> the Rotten Tomato scores are bad. It's the worst rated. Marvel Rotten... Uh, this is worst-rated Marvel uh, TV show ever, according to Rotten Tomatoes. That's how bad it was. You, apparently, people panned it because it, the, the the audience score is low, too. So a lot of people did not like it. And it just... It went off to a bad start with the whole AI intro opening to the show and everything. Like, it is was a bad look. And then the actual show itself not being that good, apparently. Like, yeah. And it, look, I'm all for... Uh, comic accurate things, like the stories of being comic accurate. I don't know if I want secret invasion to be comic accurate in terms of quality. Like the actual comic book story of secret invasion was a complete disaster and a major disappointment. I didn't want that for my show either. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like they did better with like, and back in the MCU with Civil War, like the, the story itself, Civil War and like especially Civil War II. That was awful. Like, the comic books were not... To me, I'm not always a fan of them. The actual movie, Captain America? Civil War? Amazing. So yeah, that's all I wanted to talk about about the weekend, over the weekend. Like, you know, sports, comic books, pop culture. I went through all of it. So, I do want to finish with one more thing. Obviously, my big-time pick. Now, my last one was a huge success, obviously. Uh, I picked... Crawford over Spence, and that definitely happened. Uh, so for this one, I'm deciding to go with the Women's World Cup, uh, USA and Portugal, and I'm going to pick the U.S. to win. I I still think, yes, the rest, the rest of the world has, has started to come up a lot and improve a lot, so the U.S. is nowhere near as dominant as they usually are, but I still, I still think the U.S. women are going to win the whole thing. But yeah, for now, I got USA beating Portugal in our next game on Tuesday. So, that's it for today. See you guys again on Wednesday. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, I do have a a little sneak peek. I will be talking about what happened with Jonathan Taylor and the entire running back situation in general with the NFL on the next episode on Wednesday. So, definitely look into that one. But uh, overall, please subscribe. Please download. Follow me on Twitter at... at Blake underscore Pulliam, P-U-L-L-I-A-M, all lowercase. Follow me on threads, Blake Pulliam 1, all lowercase. And that's it for today. See you guys. Bye.